Welcome to episode 90 of Special Situation Investing. To kick off today's piece, we have a quote by Stephen Bregman. As one of the co-founders of both Horizon Kinetics LLC and FRMO Corp, Bregman made the following statement about spinoffs during one of FRMO's conference calls almost a decade ago. He said, There's a new phenomenon in the world of spinoffs that differs significantly from the typical approach that we've seen in the past. Every spinoff is a divestiture. Historically, in a spinoff transaction, the parent company would spin off a division or an asset that wasn't recognized by the market, that wasn't well understood by the market, or that might not even be tangential to the basic thrust of the parent company. Now, the thematic structure, if you can say it has a theme, in the spinoff arena is that the business being spun off is not necessarily tangential, undervalued, or misunderstood. It's just that it happens to have a meaningfully lower margin than the parent business. Think of it this way. Imagine a university classroom with 10 students. Somebody's going to be the worst student. If you expel that student from the class, the average grade goes up. But is the average grade really higher? Mathematically, it is. But it's not as if the average student learned more. It's just a different way of calculating. This is really what's happening in the world of spinoffs. What was a phenomenon in 2015 seems to be commonplace today. In more than a few episodes, we highlighted companies that appeared to be pursuing a spinoff for just the reason Bregman noted, jettisoning lower margin segments in subsidiaries to boost the margins of the parent company. One area of the market this plays out regularly is in the regulated energy space. The motivation for these companies in particular is often twofold. Number one, increasing margins of the parent company by cutting loose a lower margin segment. And number two, removing the unpredictability of an unregulated business so the parent company can earn a higher multiple in the market. A few recent examples are Exelon Corporation spinning off its nuclear energy segment, Constellation Energy, MDU Resources spinning off its construction services segment, Knife River, and Southwestern Gas spinning off its infrastructure services subsidiary, Sentry Group. Last September, in episode 40, we discussed MDU Resources, ticker symbol MDU, and its then-proposed spinoff of its subsidiary, Knife River. Today's piece looks at the results of the completed Knife River spinoff and introduces the recently announced separation of MDU's construction services segment. As it sits today, MDU Resources Group is a conglomerate with operations in all 50 U.S. states that employs approximately 15,000 people. The company is comprised of three distinct segments, electric and natural gas utilities, natural gas pipelines, and construction services. If anyone wants further background on MDU prior to diving into the two special situations, check out our previous piece, the company's website, or its latest annual report. Given that MDU was comprised of four distinct segments, two regulated and two unregulated, it was a prime candidate for spinoffs. It's a case where the potential for both higher margins and higher multiple for the parent company applies. In fact, back in late 2022, MDU's management clearly stated its goal was to become a pure play regulated energy delivery business. With the recent spinoff of Knife River, the goal is halfway complete. On May 31st, Knife River Corporation successfully completed its separation from MDU resources. The new company traded on the New York Stock Exchange for the first time on June 1st under the ticker symbol KNF. The separation occurred through a pro-rata distribution of approximately 90% of the outstanding shares of Knife River Common Stock to MDU Resources shareholders. The parent company owns the remaining 10% stake. 
MDU Resources shareholders retained their shares of MDU Common Stock and received one share of KNF Common Stock for every four shares of MDU Common Stock held on May 22, 2023. As with most spinoffs, there were two ways to play a bullish thesis on Knife River. Buy MDU before the spin, or KNF after the spin. While we came up short of an outright recommendation, in our earlier piece we indicated the combined MDU and KNF would likely trade at a higher total valuation than MDU did prior to the spin. Part of the reasoning behind this conviction was we didn't foresee Knife River experiencing the indiscriminate selling that some spinoffs do. One reason a spinoff can experience this indiscriminate selling is when its market cap is much smaller, usually orders of magnitude smaller than that of its parent company. When this is the case, certain investors may be forced to sell if the spinoff falls below minimum market cap requirement. This was not likely the case with KNF as MDU's market cap was about $6 billion, and KNF was spun out with a market cap of about $2 billion. Another common cause of indiscriminate selling of a spinoff is when the parent company is in an index, but the spinoff doesn't meet the inclusion criteria. Most often, this is also caused by differences in market capitalization. But regardless of the specific reasons for exclusion, any investors holding the parent company simply because it was in the index would be forced sellers of the spinoff. Once again, this did not apply in Knife River's case because, immediately upon separation, Knife River joined MDU as a member of the S&P Midcap 400. A third reason spinoffs often experience selling pressure is when it is simply unwanted for any myriad of reasons. Some reasons we've seen in the past include the spinoff is in a hated sector, such as oil and gas, or firearms. The spinoff is loaded with the parent company's debt. And lastly, the spinoff is in a totally different sector than the parent company. As none of these reasons really applied, and there were no other warning signs of indiscriminate selling, we were inclined to think KNF had a good chance of trading flat to up immediately after separation. Therefore, for these reasons and others, buying MDU before the spin was thought to be the preferred way to play the situation. So how has it worked out? A look at the charts of both MDU and Knife River's market caps is instructive. The chart below shows a drop in MDU's market cap when Knife River was separated. From just under $6 billion, it fell to approximately $4 billion. This is perfectly normal, as MDU adjusted to losing $2 billion in value ascribed to Knife River. In the weeks that followed, MDU did not sell off, but increased slightly to a market cap of $4.3 billion. What's more interesting is to see what happened to Knife River, as shown in the next chart. This chart shows that post-spinoff, KNF increased from a market cap of $1.8 billion to $2.8 billion as of this writing. Definitely no sell-off there. The combination of the separated companies is trading at a valuation of $7.1 billion, which is higher than MDU's $6 billion prior to the spinoff. To calculate the returns for an investor who bought MDU prior to the spinoff requires a bit of simple math. There are two ways of going about this calculation, one using market caps and the other using the stock prices. Here's the method using the stock prices. For illustrative purposes, suppose four shares of MDU were bought on the date of record, 22 May, at a price of $29.85 for a total cost of $119.40. As of this writing, MDU's shares trade at $21.19, so those four shares would now be worth $84.76. But in addition, one would also now own one share of KNF worth $50.16 
Today's total combined value would be $134.92, 13% higher than the initial investment. On the other hand, if one were only interested in owning Knife River and had bought it on its first trading day, that investment would be up 43%. The above calculations show that although buying before and after the spinoff could have both proved lucrative investments, so far, Knife River alone was the better play. Of course, results will vary depending on purchase date, price, and time will also change the results. One factor supporting the long-term prospects of an investment in MDU is its recent announcement that it plans to separate yet another of its segments. MDU issued a press release on July 10th, which announced its decision to pursue a tax-advantaged separation of its non-regulated segment, Construction Services Group. In order to meet its goal to become a pure-play regulated energy delivery business, it makes sense that MDU would have to get rid of its remaining non-regulated segment. So this latest move was not surprising. In fact, back in September of last year, we said the following. The potential for additional spinoffs exists as MDU will still be composed of three independent segments. The most likely spinoff candidate is its unregulated construction services segment. Although we were spot on about the possibility of the construction services group being next on the chopping block, we were a bit forward-leaning in predicting it would be a spinoff. In the press release announcing the separation and in the most recent conference call, management reiterates that both the timeline and exact method of separation are still to be determined. But regardless of the exact how and when, construction services group's days as part of MDU are clearly numbered. So what exactly is construction services group? Here's how MDU summarizes it in its annual report. MDU Construction Services Group provides a full spectrum of construction services through its electrical and mechanical and transmission and distribution specialty contracting services across the United States. These specialty contracting services are provided to utility, manufacturing, transportation, commercial, industrial, institutional, renewable, and governmental customers. Its electrical and mechanical contracting services include construction and maintenance of electrical and communication wiring and infrastructure, fire suppression systems, and mechanical piping and services. Its transmission and distribution contracting services include construction and maintenance of overhead and underground electrical, gas, communication infrastructure, as well as manufacturing and distribution of transmission line construction equipment and tools. One thing worth highlighting about CSG is it's recently been bringing in record revenues. In its separation announcement, MDU says it expects additional project opportunities to result from the Federal Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act and the energy transition underway in the United States. As one of the largest construction services in the country, CSG currently can't keep up with all of its projects as it is. As of this last quarter, the segment was sitting on $1.94 billion of projects backlog. As it was when we initially wrote up the Knife River spinoff, there's a lot of information about this new separation yet to be determined and distributed to investors. As always, we'll keep our eyes on it and send updates as required. Before wrapping up, we wanted to share an unrelated development we found quite fascinating. As we're sure many of you do, we closely follow the 13F filings of our most admired investors. One individual who sits near the top of our favorites list is Manish Pabrai. So we were pleasantly surprised when his latest filings released on Friday showed that he had allocated over $70 million between two coal producer companies. In fact, he had also sold out of all his other U.S. stock positions, and now the only U.S. stocks he holds are Alpha Metallurgical Resources, AMR, and Console Energy, 
C-E-I-X. This development was encouraging because we've been writing a lot about coal and companies within that industry. We believe they offer great potential returns. While we won't reiterate our bullish thesis again here, you can find all of our coal-related pieces in the list below. Happy reading. With that, we'll wrap up this edition of Special Situation Investing. As always, we want to thank you all for your involvement through your comments, shares, and likes. We particularly enjoy the increased interaction with more of you in the comments, so thank you. Please keep this up and let us know where we're wrong or on the off chance where you found our research helpful. With that, thanks for reading and listening, and we'll be back in seven days with the next episode.